We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is a Locker Room production. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll figure it out. I mean, Just a few minutes. I need Lyndon to come on stage and tell me. I am on. Do I sound bad? How's that? Is that better? What about now? All right. Well, yeah. Now I sound terrible. Hello, friends. This is Kirk Henderson coming to you with Mazda Moneyball Group Therapy. And I don't really think we need therapy tonight because the Mavericks absolutely beat the crap out of the Pelicans. It's a good feeling. We feel great. Uh, it was a 18-point victory, which at one point was close to 30 points. Uh, the starters didn't – they played part of the fourth, but uh, there's a little bit of a theory going on that uh, uh, my, my colleague Josh Bow had a theory that Luca and some of the other starters played as a means of, um, let's just say, letting them know that they should have played better the night before. Um, all right, so we're just going to bring folks up on stage. We're going to start talking. We're going to get everybody's thoughts, and then we're going to move along. Um, this is a nice win. You guys can kick the crap out of anybody you want to, but just, you know, we should feel good because it's a victory. All right, coming up first is a friend of the show, Sam. Sam, how are you tonight? I'm good, Kirk. Happy birthday, man. Thank you very much. 
Hey, so I, I'm kind of in a weird mood right now. It's like same thing with Matt about how the Mavs um, played. They played amazing. It's just now I'm worried about the fifth seed and you know, if we're going to get it. But I'm, I have no problem with playing the Clippers. I, I just want people to know that. I, I don't really have a problem, you know? Well, you can control what you can con- control, and the Mavericks clearly weren't interested in taking care of business the night prior. So this is one of these things where we're going to be standings watching, and, you know, the Blazers play the Suns, and then they play Denver on the last night of the year. So it's going to be very interesting. To- yeah, and just for the playoffs, I think who's going to be the main X Factor, because I think KP will play well enough to be, you know, d- decent. But also, I think that Tim Hardaway is going to be the X factor for the playoffs. He, if he, whatever, if he plays good, oh yeah. By the way, Portland just won. Just to tell you that. Yeah, but I mean, it was like a fifteen-point game five minutes in. I thought. But back to what I was saying, I think Tim Hardaway is going to be X factor because if Tim Hardaway can play good, man, if he if he gets going, we're, we're winning. I feel like any time he plays. Jumps twenty five plus. We always win. I just what I feel like with him. Sure. I mean, Timmy's such a such a rhythm player that when he starts knocking down shots, it's kind of indefensible. It's so streaky. Him. He's streaky. Oh, yeah. It makes me mad sometimes when he has these inconsistent moments. It, uh, well, I, I'm not trying to get the fifth seed. Most okay. Less of the Clippers. Like I, I'm. I know the Clippers are a good team, but I'm more afraid of. I think the Lakers are going to play the, so the Lakers are playing the Warriors in the plan, right? So then, and then I think they'll beat them. So then they're going to be like the seventh seed. And then I, I'm just a lot of prediction here going on in my brain. So then they're going to play the Jazz or the, the second seed or, or the Suns. And I think the Lakers, if they play the Suns in the, in the first round, I think the Lakers will beat them. I don't care what anybody says. Playoff LeBron is, is different. All right. And then, uh, and also I think they'll be healthy and they'll be all right. And then also, um, that means if we're the sixth seed, then we're going to have to play them if we beat the Clippers in the second round. And I don't know how the hell we're going to get past that after playing a, probably a six, seven game series with the Clippers. Hey, you know what? You face that once you get to it. Was there anything on tonight's game that particularly. Oh, yeah. I'm just happy how White Powell played. I mean, like he had an underrated performance. This guy every every night he's always going for offensive rebounds. It's just the little things, like the putbacks and stuff. That's why that's what I love about Dry Powell, man. It's a good take. Um, you know the Mavs draft. What's wrong with me? Well, I can't remember his first name. Uh, has noted how well the Mavs actually do when he gets a couple of fur, uh, offensive rebounds. Like their their win percentage is pretty good. So this this is a nice win, and, and you know more importantly, the most ridiculous streak in, in in the NBA this year is alive after the Mavs leading after one. They yeah, I was going to ask you about that. How long do you think it's going to last? I mean, until it doesn't. <laughs> you know, every, with these Mavs, anything is possible. Well. I have a long list of folks. So, you got anything else? No, I got nothing else, man. I'll All see right, you, man. man. Happy birthday, man. Mm-hmm. No problem. All right, coming up next, Lyndon, how are you? Again, sorry for cutting you off last. Hit that unmute button. There you go. Hello? 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 Can you hear me, Kirk? I can. Okay, yeah. Um. Happy birthday again. Thank um, you. I don't want to sound like the Debbie Downer, 
But this this wind was not very encouraging to me. The process was still very nerve-wracking. They won because they were hitting three-pointers, but I I watching this game was making me think about his talks article about KP and Luca and just like their defense is so bad, man. Like I just uh, their defense is not good. Like Luca, I don't know. Well, Luca for for sure. It's just he's not in the, in, the, in the best condition in terms of movement, and then. KP is the same way as so the defense makes me sad, but that's another, that's a whole different discussion. I think that this team in general is just completely reliant on if the threes are going in, we win. If they don't, we lose. And that's just a losing formula. But it was a good win, but I just don't like the process. Whoever's offensive coordinator for the Mavs needs to go. Needs to go, Kirk. Well, so I'm trying to think how to phrase this. It would be easier to hope for some some sort of long-term success about the team, particularly with regarding the three-point aspect of the offense, if the defense didn't look so weird. You know, Bobby Corrala, we talked about this last night, talked about how good they look, and I've actually talked to a number of people that, like, Advanced metrics defense, the Mavericks play the math well enough to they're doing the right thing. Because again, they're fifth in or you know, they're fifth, sixth in the West, they're they're top eight in the league, whatever it is. It's just they're in the Western Conference, so it's a little bit more frustrating because they just play better teams. And so I'm wondering if we would feel a little bit better if aspects of their defense were just more consistent throughout the year. And I, I just got done talking about this with Josh Bow. When when I talk about Chris Tapp's Porzingis and rhythm. I'm much more interested in his defensive rhythm than his offensive rhythm. Because when he's hitting or missing shots, I kind of don't care. Because it's the defense where he gets destroyed. And tonight was a good example of that, frankly, where he was not very good. Now, that doesn't mean he can't get better. It's his first game back after a layoff. And the one game he did play, he didn't look very good. So... You know, it's it's timing. Timing, you know, he's lost enough of his athleticism due to these injuries to to give me some thought about that, that he just needs to figure out what he can do. But I don't know. I, I get where you're coming from, though, because it's like these two things put together where they look kind of sloppy on defense. And then, OK, if they hit three last threes, do we feel differently about this game? And the answer is probably yes. Yes. No. The, and the room just closed. Like yeah, you were I, speaking, in the room just closed. It, it prompted me to update the app, and I'm like, "This is awesome!" Like I'm in the middle of a chat. Like, how is this possible? Oh, iOS is such a garbage app. Like such a garbage place. Ugh. Anyways, <laughs> so was I just rambling on into eternity? No, no, no. no. But I wanted to, I wanted to interject something in terms of 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 like defense on the Mavericks. I don't. I don't want to say that uh well I do it's I think it is a coaching problem with the defense because oftentimes if you look at the Knicks or at the Miami Heat or the Lakers defense is about some it's about everyone working together and everyone and it's about a flow and the Mavs defense bear in mind uh a lot of it is because Luka off ball is just not even he's just so Luca's very apathetic on ball and off ball. Like during this game, like I guess because he doesn't care about the opponent, but 
this game, he, he really made me nervous. Like, I asked you a couple weeks ago about, are you concerned about Luka's on-ball and off-ball defense in the playoffs? And you're like, kind of. I'm very concerned, especially for playing the Clippers. Because if you look at the if you look at the highlights from the bubble, Luka's not moving the same at all. And KP is not moving the same than he did 30 seconds ago. It's just like, goodness gracious. Well, the KP stuff is... I mean, the Luka stuff, his movement has not really been that good all year. Uh, he's just hitting mid-range more, and so we've not talked about it. I just, I wonder, you know, we've talked about this at length. That's kind of be the overarching thing. When he, he's a 22-year-old guy, and at a certain point in his career, he's going to understand what it means to really be in good shape, and that's going to impact lots of aspects of his game. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be soon. I mean, it's not going to be, like, within the next, you know, two weeks. So it's something we just kind of got. Yeah, two more things. One on Luca is Luca kind of has, like, like not fully Grayson, but kind of Grayson where Luca was still complaining to the refs, like, every possession. And they're up by, like, 30. I'm like, I, I admire your care. But it's like, this is almost like a crazy person. That's one. <laughs> Like I'm like, is he crazy? Is he, they're like, what are you doing? Secondly, did you notice Josh Richardson was kind of pouting that whole game? Well, I mean, I did notice, but the difference between Richardson pouting and sucking. You can't even tell the difference. Versus him not, <laughs> not sucking. You know, it's it's just kind of like, you know, it's, it's just kind of like, so, I'm sorry, like, earn it, man. You can't even tell the difference. He he looked like he has looked all season. Just, you know, like air. Just air sure. passing. But, well, yeah, thank you, was... Lyndon. You got anything else? No, I just wanted to say I'm sorry, everybody in the group, for, for being a Debbie Downer. No, no, no. But, but I, I, I'm about process, man, and I don't like on offense or defense what the Mavs are trying to do. And I, I think Rick Carl is smarter than this, man. Maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, maybe I'll... we'll see. I mean, Carl's a, a, a tactician, and against in a seven game series, I'm looking forward to what they. So, well, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Bye. All right, coming up next, Jesse. What's up? Hey, Kirk, how you okay, doing? Okay, sorry about the technical snafus. No worries. It's your birthday. We'll let it slide. Um. <laughs> The, yeah, like I think the biggest thing for me is is I really want to get that fifth spot. I don't know how we're going to pull that off, but like I really want to see Denver, and I know that's maybe crazy, but they rely so heavily on like movement around kind of a stationary Jokic where we give up now the second fewest assists in the NBA, and we really disrupt passing lanes and really disrupt ball movement. And I think that we can utilize that in the playoffs against Denver. Um, now, as far as the perimeter defense goes, I mean, we're middle of the pack. We're like 13th in the league in, in opponent three-point percentage. But I, there's so many games when we're actually like, hey, we have to win this game and we clamp down. We're holding teams well below 30% from three on tons and tons of games this season. So, I have confidence that we can defend the perimeter when we when we need to. We're still active defensively. 
Um, obviously, this is out. we're we're playing against the J, JV team, so like, what do you really expect to see tonight? Like, I'm surprised that they didn't blow the lead just being disinterested. But um, like, I'm pretty happy with everything. I don't really want to see the Clippers, but it would be nice to have that sort of redemption there. Um, but you know, I just really, really want to see that Denver matchup. Portland still has a pretty hard schedule going forward. I know there's not that many games, but if they just lose one of these games, we're, we're all right. If we can win out. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens down the stretch. I know that they won. And then, you know, if the Lakers win tonight, we're still, that's a pretty going to be pretty close there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's at least fun. It means that we're, you know, talking about actual basketball and, and, you know, Sam in the previous, you know, previous room was talking about playoffs, like looking ahead. And it's kind of cool that we can't actually do that. I don't know what to believe about this team defense. I, I know what the numbers say big picture, but I've just watched enough games of, you know, I'm told that their rules are good by Bobby Corrala. And I plan to have a discussion about that moving forward because I keep thinking about like, what does that mean? Does that mean other teams have bad rules? Like that, that doesn't make sense. Um, I, I, I do agree with what you're talking about in terms of if the Mavs just take care of their part, this should take care of itself with either the Lakers or Portland. Cause both teams have, have tougher two game schedules to go. Uh, you know, Portland in particular should get punched in the mouth by somebody. But, you know, it, I sort of – this is a, a not Mavericks take, but I think the Suns and the Jazz both peaked too early. You know, not having COVID is is valuable, but it also doesn't – like other teams have other gears to get to. Like I hope I hope anybody that's a basketball fan stayed up and watched the Lakers and the Knicks last night. Like that was just a different kind of basketball. And I – it's fun that the, all this stuff really matters is, is, is my main takeaway. Yeah, that, that, that Knicks-Lakers game was a terrific game. Uh, I really enjoyed that. It's scary, though, because Lakers, it, like, with – I just don't want to see them in the playoffs. If we can avoid the Clippers – so, like, if we can avoid the Clippers and the Lakers first, you know, in the playoffs in general, if we can get that Denver – if we get that fifth spot and we play Denver – if we somehow win that, then we play the Jazz. And I think we match up pretty well. I know they kicked our butt, like, in the COVID era or whatever, and we, uh, you know, lost those back-to-backs. But I do think with our per- the amount of perimeter sort of uh, shooters we have as bigs and our ability to defend the pick-and-roll pretty well, and Carlisle knows exactly what that Utah Jazz does offensively because it's exactly what our team did last year. So I, I think that we can match up good against them as well. And if somehow the Clippers, and I know this is a crazy scenario, but somehow the Clippers beat the Lakers and then we see the, I mean, yeah. And then we see the Clippers in the Western conference finals. Like those are all matchups where I think maybe there's a slight chance we can actually win. And that's really the only glimmer of hope I have. So, so don't destroy that tape. No, pretty good glimmer of hope. Rather have some hope than just be like, oh, let's see how it goes. And and I'm looking forward to that in my in, in my place right now. Like I don't don't really feel like being grumpy about the Mavericks at all. Uh because 
you know, at one point they were nine, you know, they're eight and 14 or they're five games under 500 was the point. And, and like nine and 14 and like we were being made fun of on sports center. And now they've won 41 games and this is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty psyched. That's all I got tonight. All right. Have a happy birthday there. Kirk. Thanks buddy. All right. Coming up next. Brett. Doing pretty well. Uh, even though it's whatever, 12th after midnight. But, um, but yeah, I, one of my takeaways was I really thought, I don't disagree, obviously, with benching Richardson. Um, I just don't fully understand the thought process behind that happening, like, now with, right. with three games left. Like, he'd had, like, three good games in a row, and Carlisle was like, oh, wait, tonight is the night. Like, like you know, I mean, it, it makes sense with the team being back to full strength, but like more for his morale, like, and, and I know you and other people had talked over the last couple of weeks about, um, you know, they're trying to like, you know, help him get his confidence back up. That's why they haven't benched him weeks ago. Um, and like, and it wasn't just like that he got benched and then, but then still played, you know, 20, 25 minutes. He played like 13 minutes. Like, like he's, he went from being, you know, you know, a, a starter to being like, you know, eighth in the rotation. And I don't, I mean, I don't, again, I don't disagree, but it just seems kind of bizarre. And I, and I think he can, you know, do well off the bench, but I, I feel like they should have done this sooner. If like, if they were ever going to bench him, they should have done it, you know, like a week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why. Carlisle's such a confusing guy. You know, it's like like KP comes back and then Josh Green minutes go away. I, I don't – if I understood NBA rotations more, I probably wouldn't be grinding away doing, you know, stuff on a fan podcast. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's just something that we have to ponder. And then, you know, I, I love to think – I just kind of like to think that Carlisle – puts a lot of white noise out into the universe to, to, to confuse, you know, potential opponents. Like that's, that's really the only thing I can. Yeah. I mean, some of the lineups today were kind of, kind of odd. Like I just did like not what I expected. Like I didn't expect Powell to start. Um, I didn't, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, like, yeah. And so I, I do, I do think that it's kind of not really wanting to tip their hand. Um, I thought, I don't know, Porzingis on offense was, like, I was pleasantly surprised that he wasn't, you know, pounding the rock as much as he does sometimes. Right. That was mostly my, my main worry is that there was going to be, you know, four or five, Luke had just, you know, tossing him the ball on the block and then he, you know, takes one dribble and then misses a jumper. That, that was what I was worried about. I mean, the defense is just what it's been all year. Right, I'm at, like, like that's I, I I don't think there's any chance that that changes, like you know, in the next week. I don't know. I mean, Porzingis is a smart player. Film study is a real thing that these guys figure out. Where I I always go back uh, to the Valentine's Day game, like Blazers massacre, where you know Dame just tortured KP and really all the Mavericks. Um, and if, if we understand that he is still kind of coping with the fact that his body's not doing what he thinks it should do, 
And that's really what I believe it is. Like, I don't, I'm done kind of being an ass and calling him lazy and stuff like that, which I've kind of, you know, leaned towards in the past. But to me, it's just, he thinks he can do stuff that he physically can't do. Um, and that is, is one of these, these things that I think he can hopefully figure out because he played so much better for parts of March once he got it figured out. And, and that's kind of where, I, I, you know, that's where the positive part of my brain is leaning towards to where, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but he can't be a sieve. And, and, you know, the, the, I, I still think that that's, that's the thing that he, he can work towards. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think that, that stretch of games about a month ago, like, I think he can get back, if he can get back to near that level, I think the Mavs can do, be a, at least like, you know, a decent enough defensive team considering how their offense plays with, with the full team healthy. Mm-hmm. And their offense terrifies other teams. Um, Luca does. And it, you know, it was weird. I, I listened to the Pelicans broadcast, and Antonio Daniels just kept saying, like, well, you give Luca that shot. And I'm like, you give Luca the open three pointer? Like, what are you talking about? Uh, teams don't know how to defend Luca. The, the way you defend Luca is make him go right at the rim. And that's hilarious when you think about it, because that's not a great way to defend Luca. So there's. There's still a lot of of, of positive things. I, I think is 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 where my brain. Yeah, and I think f- going forward for the playoffs, the fact that the Mavs aren't playing teams that have anything to play for right now is good. Both because like the Mavs will win hopefully, but also because the team won't have to like you know run any actually like meaningful sets. Um, like like these teams aren't going to trap Luca frequently. Like he will get in the playoffs. Um, Ooh, that's int- I yeah, think they will because I think that's been the no, main no, way you defend him. Is no, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like he will get trapped in the playoffs, but these last couple teams haven't. It's not like the last couple weeks there's been much with the full team healthy. I mean, there hasn't been too much of that since since that basically the first Laker Laker game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I mean, that's something that I think. I don't know. The, the team just like varies depending on who's kind of in the middle of the floor on that. And so that's probably the biggest like small thing that I'm looking forward to in the playoffs to see how they handle those situations. I mean, I'm, this is a petty thing, but at the moment my brain is like looking forward to not having four, like four days off from Mavs games to, you know, think about Mavs stuff, but not stay up until 1245 or two in the morning, like ever I do. So um, just as a note, everybody, real quick, while I see the chat talking about it, just go do the update real quick, if you can, so you don't get booted like me mid-chat. That was neat. I, I look forward to complaining to my locker room uh, uh, contacts where it's like, hey, this would have been cool to know, you know, before I started the room. Um, but, Brett, thanks for hanging out. Um, all right. I'm going to bring up uh, some people next. Brandon, what's going on? Hey, Kirk, happy birthday. I So I know we've had some uh, some down talk here. I am so freaking pumped. So I was lucky enough I actually got to go to the game Ooh, tonight. Awesome. Uh, we kicked the shit out of them, um, which is awesome because last, like, three Mavericks games I've gone to, we've lost in, like, overtime each time. So it's fun to finally get a fucking win. Um, <laughs> I mean – Oh, I guess really the only thing, I mean, I don't think there's a ton you can take away from this game because we played the Pelican C team. So, you know, whatever. But Luca, when he is hitting his threes, is such 
I mean, it's almost like it's a different player. And, I mean, he's he's damn near unguardable. Because, I mean, he scored 33 points tonight. And he didn't work hard to get those 33 points. Like, he wasn't getting fouled. I mean, he would have told you he was. But he wasn't getting fouled and mauled in the lane every time he dribbled the ball. You know, he was just taking threes and made half of them. So, I mean, if he can keep that hot streak going, I mean, that's exactly kind of what people have been talking about, Luca catching fire and maybe us actually stealing a playoff series. It's really wild when he's hitting threes because it just forces everything else. And it was, it, you know, the first quarter was kind of a typical Luca playing against a bad team first quarter where he was, like, hunting and kicking and doing weird things. And then, you know... This may surprise people. I stopped paying attention for a significant part of the second quarter because I fell down the LukaDoncic.com rabbit hole that I like. I'd forgotten the website existed, and it's like it's like somebody created a MySpace page way back in the day. It is so weird. I cannot recommend it enough. Like <laughs> there's like a, there's like like fun facts about Luka Doncic, and one of them is his favorite movie is Mamma Mia. So it's just like I, I like I just stopped paying attention. Then I looked up and the Mavericks were up by eighteen, and my wife's like, "Well, yeah, Lucas hit a, hit a bunch of three pointers. Like, weren't you watching?" I was like, so, "Nope, no, I was not." <laughs> inside so, like, that's just kind of the way. Th- inside scoop. Speaking of favorite movies, inside scoop from the arena. Boban's favorite movies are apparently, obviously, John Wick three, which he was in, but uh, the other one was also White Chicks. So fun that fact about is Boban. not remotely awkward. Thanks, Bobon. <laughs> wow, wow, love it. Well, you know, it, it's. I agree with you. There's not a ton to take away outside of the fact that it's good that they won, and and I I think we should probably just kind of leave that part of that. I would love to hear if anybody has anything specific to say about you know, what they saw. Um, but I'm just, I'm glad they won and we don't have to have this discussion. Instead, I can focus my, my, my pettiness towards the Utah. Oh yeah. That scrub franchise. Yeah, that just can't seem to beat anyone when it matters. <laughs> so, well, thank you, Brandon. I'm well, glad you had that... fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having mm-hmm. me and happy birthday. Thank you. All right. Coming up next, we have Ike. Ike, what's going on? Hey, Kirk, happy birthday, my guy. Oh, man. Yeah, just like everybody was saying, not much to take away from this game. I'm just glad we took care of business. Just a couple of things. I guess, uh, one, I won't overanalyze, but KP did look good. Um, I was, you know, kind of paying attention to, you know, how he was moving, was he kind of favoring at all and things of that sort. But I liked what I saw um, from him and, I hope to see more of that come playoff time to where, you know, he is mixing it up. And I know you've referenced a lot of times where, you know, a big key is how engaged he is defensively. And I saw him getting a stance a couple of times and stuff like that. And you can see um, how it coincides with how he is on the offensive end as well. Uh, I just like it offensively when he's able to mix it up, when he's kind of moving, especially when, uh, the Pelicans went to his zone, and he was running, you know, basically a short corner, and, and uh, Luca found him for a lob and stuff like that. You know, not just settling for outside shots, so to speak, where he's mixing it up. Uh, so, you know, in, in that aspect, he's going to be a little more effective and more helpful to uh, getting, you know, 
different given the defense, you know, different looks rather than just kind of hovering around the three point line and, and things of that sort. Um, and yeah, you know, <laughs> interesting that Josh Richardson was, you know, one did not start and then two <laughs> only play like 14 minutes. But hey, uh, if if this is what it takes for him to kind of, you know, because I've noticed he's he's played with a little more assertiveness, a little more aggression last couple of days since uh, last couple of games since uh, Josh Green has kind of emerged. Um, so if this is kind of an extra kick for him to kind of play with a little more of an edge come playoff time, then, you know, I'm all for it. But, you know, kind of makes you scratch your head as to uh, why did you wait this long? Because he's been playing this this bad. You know, Rick is such an interesting message sender. Yeah. It's always been this way. For anyone right. that's followed the team since he joined them in 2008, he has he's he butts heads, and and I I I look forward to Richardson's performance because that guy is a competitor, and you know, I I want to contrast his performance. Like this isn't fair because they play different positions, but like Willie Cauley Stein repeatedly gets opportunities to fail. And like, like the man had had four fouls in seven minutes. He didn't foul anymore. He finished like thirteen minutes. But it's like the guy plays so well for two or three games, and then just looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. And you know, newsflash: it's because Willie doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, but then, like, like Richardson is is a smart player who knows where he's supposed to be on the floor. He knows the plays. He knows what he's supposed to do. It's just sometimes he makes mistakes. And so for, for Rick to send a message like this tonight, I really do think it was a message. I think it'll probably have the kind of effect that he hopes for because they've given him plenty of chances. This is just not a thing where he's able to say, well, you know, my, you know, let's just say his agent, who's also Luca's agent, comes through and says, you know, I just, you know, we need to talk about this. We're not super thrilled about it. It's like, okay, you had three yeah. good games in a row. But before that, you had a, there was a, a 10 to 12 game stretch where he shot under 25% from three. That's right. not what this team needs. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still think about what Matt Phillips, who's some down there in the chat, talked about in terms of push shots. But in terms of the way that the offense is structured right now, they need a guy to be able to shoot threes, and he just can't do it. And so if, if you know, there's a little bit of friction and it makes them a little bit more competitive, good. Good. Right. The, the, yeah. We were dying in the bubble last year because J.J. Barea had to play minutes. I want these guys fighting for opportunities and capitalizing. Absolutely. And uh... – I have to put on my uh, Luca like bodyguard suit for a little bit to kind of defend him. Uh, I think Lyndon was on. He was kind of <laughs> going a little hard on Luca. Um, you know, Luca has made strides, some big strides defensively, and and Luca's uh, I guess defense is reflective of the team. It's it's inconsistent, but we've seen Luca earlier this year, uh, well, good parts of this year where he's had some great defensive games and great defensive possessions against some, you know, pretty elite players, if you will. So, um, I mean, Luca's obviously banged up. I mean, we can focus on the fact that maybe he's not in premier shape, but he's banged up. So uh, I think you have emphasized this. Uh, I emphasize this, like <laughs> getting top six is critical because Luca needs some, some time off. Let's just be frank, right? I mean, because we saw how, you know, obviously this was kind of more the extreme, but, you know, when there was that big layoff uh, last year and then the bubble, you know, started, we saw a completely different type of Luca. Um, so um, I think uh, getting that top six, of course, everybody's aiming for that fifth spot, and I'm hoping that we get that as well. But 
he definitely needs a little more dime time to kind of, you know, recover and recharge. And, and, and I guess one last thing I would say is, um, I think, and it's also in response to Lyndon, I think he, he was saying, I forgot what he said was going to be the X factor. Um, I think he said like Tim Hardaway, which I don't necessarily dispute. I mean, like you have said, Tim Hardaway is a, a, a really good rhythm player. And we, we desperately need his points. But to me, the, the X factor is going to be Dorian Finney-Smith. He has to hit open shots. We can't, we can't afford uh, come playoff time. Like he's, you know, these last couple of games, he's been a little bit off. He had a better game. I think it was like four for four, if I remember correctly. I think he had like nine points or whatever. But he definitely he needs to hit open shots um, because that's going to – make the defense that's going to keep the defense honest as far as not you know we we can expect them to be blitzing um blitzing uh luca come playoff time and double teaming him often and a lot of that is because of maybe they're not as worried about you know people like dorian finney smith but if he's consistently um hitting open shots then they're gonna to have to get out of it because we know we all know that luca's gonna find sure it. sure and He's been a big part of the the April kind of run and then the early May run. I was glad to see him looking a little better tonight because he he hit one three, only took one three. Dorian Finney Smith yeah. did, and prior to that, you know, I, I mentioned that last night. That makes him two of his last sixteen, which is very funny because yeah. he didn't want to, yeah. you know. But I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for hanging yeah, out, Ike. That's all I have, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Happy birthday, man. Thank you. All right, coming up next, Christian. Christian, how was the energy tonight? Oh, it was uh, it was okay. I mean, not anything. I think you know, it's kind of like with the Cavs game. I mean, they no Brandon Ingram, no uh, Zion, no Adams, no Lonzo. So I think part of it. Now I don't know necessarily if the energy was great, uh, but you know, we're just we're playing a you know. G League team. I'd rather. I think the G League Ignite might be better. Um, but you know, I think uh, kind of. I liked how KP looked offensively. Um, defensively, it's kind of the same thing. But I also think, uh, you know, right now he knows to himself. Like you said, he's a smart player. He's probably like, I just need to kind of get my rhythm. And then I'll turn up for the playoffs and then, you know, hopefully his body and mind kind of connect on the defensive end. Um, but even though, you know, he, he played well offensively, but it was against a poor team. Um, but I think just seeing the ball go in the net, I think those things are really important to him. And I, you know, he was definitely purposely getting touches, but I didn't feel like in many other games, it was really out of the flow of the offense. What did you think about that? I agree. There were instances where he was like posting up and then either didn't get like either got the ball quickly or the ball rotated enough to where it wasn't one of these awkward exchanges where it's like a three to four second thing where he's calling for the ball at seven, three and the guard doesn't know how to get it to him. There was like, it was quick stuff. There was, Somebody pointed something out to me about how uh, the Mavs have been kind of operating out of the elbow line extended with all kind of the big guys, and he had a few of those chances. I liked it uh, overall. I, I at least felt the. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And 
you know, on a, aside from the game, just really quick. I mean, the jazz that it's a, their fans are really like the most annoying fan base. Like I would probably say even more so than the Lakers. Cause at least the Lakers are actually good. I mean, I swear if you have the most mild criticism, like I, I remember earlier this year, I said like, you know, I don't know if Mitchell and um, Gobert can be your top two after they pay Gobert on a championship team. And my, I literally had like 40 mentions and it was ridiculous. Like, oh my God. You know, he's a tour for defensive player of the year. And oh my God, they're so good. Like my God, they're annoying. And I feel like, um, you know, this game shows why, uh, they're probably going to get bounced in the first round, and if not, a quick exit, you know, after that. But Well, the Lakers are, are barely holding on against the Rockets right now, which all of us are kind of going to pay attention to. But, again, you're you're great for coming on. You got anything else? Yeah, just a, a quick point. I, I wanted to kind of agree with what you were saying. Um, just Josh Richardson, I think he is a competitor, and I – I feel like this move to the bench and like to your point of Rick sending a message, um, you know, Josh Richardson for the majority of his career, both at Tennessee and then with the heat, he was the underdog, right? He wasn't, you know, projected as a rookie to get significant minutes. And I feel like he plays well within that. And so I hope uh, he takes this to heart. Um, And, you know, if, Worst case scenario, and he keeps doing the ridiculously dumb things on offense. I hope when the defense or when the playoffs come around, that he plays kind of like Dylan Brooks, even if it does result in quite a few fouls. Um, I think that could be important of just you know being annoying and uh, knowing that they're going to have to work to uh, you know get around him and score on him. So I think. Hopefully we're able to see that heading towards the playoffs and hopefully uh, he's able to, you know, put some things together on offense. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a win. And let's hope the Suns uh, come out tomorrow and can beat this. Oh, man, that'd be wonderful. Just make me feel good. Well, thanks as always, Chris. appreciate it, Kirk. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tyler, what's, go- what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. Going pretty good. I'm gonna stare at this Lakers game while we're uh, while we're talking. So if I if I'm distracted, need Steven Silas to come through us one more time, right? Right, right. The best offensive mind. So I've got a couple of starting lineup takes and then a defense take. So I guess I'll get into the lineup first. Uh, immediately when I heard Richardson was coming off the bench. It kind of reminded me, and I know it's not the same at all, uh, kind of reminded me of when Deshaun Stevenson got injected into the starting lineup in 2011. I don't know why I kind of had some flashback vibes for that, but it it was kind of interesting that that was the first thing I found. Very opposite effects, though, because Deshaun was like a defensive guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like It was kind of like the 180 of... Deshaun Stevenson, but I mean, it kind of goes back to what we talked about. I believe I brought it up like a month or two ago in one of these, like if Richardson is going to be a net negative on offense and a net nothing on defense, like you might as well start the guy who's at least going to be a net positive on something. 
and Hardaway lately has especially been that way. So I I liked the lineup, even though with Powell it was kind of weird, but I actually kind of liked it because, you know, with Powell returning to kind of his better form uh, and KP actually doing some action out of the four spot, uh, it kind of gave both the the vertical presence of a role and then KP was still able to pick and pop. So I, I kind of like the mix, even though I would personally start Kleba if he's healthy, but I didn't mind it. Well, there's one play, and I don't know if it was on purpose, but, like, Luca, KP, and Powell all ended up, like, at the rim off of a pick and roll, and it just felt like very 90s basketball. I don't know if we're going to get a good look at this, because it's, like, they're so matchup dependent based off of who they play. You know, because you play the Clippers, and it's just a very different style than if they were to play, you know, um, the Nuggets or anybody else, so... I, I suppose the things I'm looking for is if, if if KP looks comfortable, if Hardaway has some confidence because some game, you know, he'll, he'll always come out firing, but I just feel like the shot attempts, like the audacity of some of his shot attempts are very different when he's. Oh, yeah, it's kind of wild. And then my last take uh, kind of on the defensive end, uh, I'm not as worried about our defense as some other people are, and I, and I get the concern. But whenever we'll be able to focus on one team for seven games, I think we'll get a more focused Luka on defense. And I think you'll also get a more focused KP on defense, especially if we can avoid the play-in and get those extra five days of rest. Uh, if we can just game plan for one team, whether it be Nuggets, Clippers, whoever it may be, I think you'll get we'll get a better effort out of both of them, especially. Well, I at least like the theory. Well, Tyler, thank you. Of course, Utah is a terrible city, just like Dirk said. <laughs> Have a good night, buddy. All right, coming up next, DJ. How you doing, DJ? Are you there? Uh, there you go. We can hear you. How are you? Oh, hey, what's up, Kirk? How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, just a couple things. Uh, happy birthday, thank by the way. Thank you. Um, uh, so I didn't really get a chance to catch the game because I was working, but I did catch the fourth quarter, and I noticed the uh, lineup change. Um, so Richardson was on the bench, um, and, I, and I've been clamoring for that, honestly, for a while uh, because Tim Hardaway has just been on another planet. KP's back in the lineup now, and Dwight Powell's also been playing really well too. So, um, so I thought it was uh, – good to see um, a lineup change and maybe this will get Richardson going. And even if uh, going forward, if Richardson does continue to come off the bench, uh, I can kind of see him playing like the uh, Deshaun Stevenson role from uh, 2011. Oh, sorry. I had muted myself. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, the first round, you know, I remember my feelings way back in 2011 where I I didn't have league pass and I was still living out here in D.C. So I'd probably caught like 30% of the Mavericks games because they're on national TV. Like, And the nine-game losing stretch when Dirk was, was out really kind of tampered my expectations. And it I didn't really believe they were going to do much until the Lakers, until they beat the Lakers. So uh, I, I just need to see who they play against and then I'll, I'll, I'll get a confidence level because at this point I'm just still so. It's funny you mentioned that. You kind of segued into my next point. Um, 
I was going to ask, uh, what was your confidence level on, uh, regardless of who the first round matchup was, um, how do you feel about us uh, reaching the second round? I keep going back to uh, one of my Twitter followers pointing out to me that, that he felt that the Mavericks have a, a low ceiling, or I'm sorry, a low floor and a high ceiling. <laughs> and <laughs> it, that just like sticks with me because it, 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 certain things, I just don't know what to expect. Um, I wouldn't have expected them to play this, you know, to come out and just blow the doors off the Pelicans, even at, you know, the Pelicans at like 40% strength. Um, right. But you, you just, you never know. I mean, the NBA is wild. Like we're watching uh, Clippers or I'm sorry, Lakers Rockets right now. And the Rockets still have a, a puncher's chance. Basketball's weird. No, you're definitely right. Um, and then I had one more thing. Um, uh, so, so who would you rather see in the playoffs in the first round? Would you rather see the Clippers or the Nuggets? Nuggets for something different. Mainly Nuggets. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I honestly wouldn't – I'm not scared of the Clippers, but, you know, um, with the Mavericks defense being so on and off, you know, and the way that the Clippers shoot the three ball well um, – I don't know. That one's a little uh, – it's kind of hard to read into, but um, I agree, though. I would rather see Denver because we match up better with them, and um, they, they're not as dynamic without uh, Jamal Murray, but they're still a really dangerous team. Oh, yeah. No, but Michael Porter Jr. should terrify all Mavericks fans because Dallas doesn't have a single guy that can bother him. He's he's like he's like a confidence man. He, he – uh, he's so nuts. He's just, he would destroy Dallas. That would be that. And that would make me upset. Oh, well, man, we're really going to watch the, the Lakers lose to the rocket or the Lakers beat the Rockets. So very annoying. Go figure. <laughs> All right, DJ. Thank you for coming up. Thanks for having me on Kirk. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up next. Got a few more people. Preston. Kirk. What's happening? Hey, um, first off, uh, just want to say thanks for letting me on. I followed you for a long time and usually DM you whenever I'm about to lose my mind sure. after a loss. Sure. Uh, but, um, I'm, uh, I think that sadly enough at 34, I'm one of the older guys on here and I just want to be a positive influence if I'm allowed. <laughs> Please do. I don't, I don't know if this is a safe place. To it is. We want positivity. Group therapy is about talking through our feelings, not, not Kirk, expressing I'm going to ask you this. When, when Brandon Roy torched us in 2011 in the first two games, were you positive in what was going to happen? I, I, I think that was when my soul left my body. No, it didn't. Me too. I remember I was in uh, a senior in college. I was home. And I walked out in my parents' backyard, and I called one of their friends. I was a huge Mavs fan, and I said, "Why do we do this?" <laughs> and he said, "Just have faith in Rick." And I was like, "Absolutely not." And then we went on to go, you know, four two against them. Then the first of the Lakers games, I had the same feeling as all these people have right now. Ain't happening. I've been watching this way too long. Ended up. Coming back after how much were we down at half in the first game of the Lakers game? Uh, enough to terrify me. I remember. No, that. I had no. I I I was just slamming Boone's Farm 
as much as I could or whatever we were drinking at that time to just forget about the fact that I knew this was going to happen. And then one thing kept happening, one thing kept happening. And then I was working at a summer camp. Uh, my fifth year of college took a victory lap. And uh, I remember my count, my, uh, the, the owner was like, Hey, if you want to watch the Mavs last game, you're going to have to leave this, this camp, this, this camp. And I did. And I quit because it was in June <laughs> and I left all those campers and everybody. <laughs> and uh, all I'm saying here is that, you know, it's easy to get wrapped up in, in the stuff that we've been having to deal with. But man, if everyone remembers 11 and the feelings you felt there, just get jacked up. We're probably going to lose. Who knows? But I'm just saying, no, no one had the Dallas Mavericks winning it that year. So let's just let's get let's get hyped, you know. Let's stop let's stop with being worried about Richardson and everybody else. Let's get hyped. I love it. Well, thank you, Preston. You're right. We should have fun with this. You got anything else before I bring on our last guest? Uh, not at all. Not at all. Other than that, um, I'm disappointing you for being a fan of Grey's Anatomy. Ah, uh, you know, I've been watching. It's I've been uh, watching it for help, a long but time. I, I get sucked in. I always ask her what's going on, even though I'm trying to be on my phone. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks See for coming up. See you. All right. Last we have GD. What's up? Are you there, my guy? Maybe the app's not working. A little funky tonight. I'm talking. Can you hear me? There we go. There we go. Holy shit, Kirk. Tonight was fun, wasn't I it? I certainly had fun. It was really fun. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me be the first to wish you happy birthday. Um, <laughs> enjoy those last 15 minutes. But, yeah, tonight was fun. It just makes me look forward to the playoffs, you know? I mean, we beat the C-team Pelicans, so it's not like you can feel amazing about it. But, you know, the effort was was good. And, I mean, isn't that kid Luca just special? He's just yes. special. just makes you love watching basketball. Yeah, when he tries. And that's the thing is, you know, he's going to be trying for 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. I, I just can't wait. I just can't wait. I don't care who we play. Could be Denver. Could be L.A. I don't really care. I'm just really excited about it. I haven't been this excited about the Mavs in a really long time. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make the finals, but they're just fun. They're fun. And uh, that's all you can really ask for at this point. Absolutely, and what we can also ask for is that the Rockets beat the Lakers because they're within two for a minute and 15 left in the game. Oh, are uh, they really? Yeah. I'm going to have to turn off my close. game at 2K. It's, it's that close. It's been a terrible, terrible basketball game, and it's it's just it's the way that, you know, it's it's lovely. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the playoffs, too, and you want to know what I'm really looking forward to about the playoffs? What's that? A start time that's not terrible. I know. <laughs> I'm an East Coast guy, so like this this nine ten tip off for me is garbage. So it's just it's like even if it's you know forty five minutes earlier, it just improves the like the next twenty four hours of my life. Ah well, see you're right though. This is fun. I mean, we're, we've talked about this a couple of times past few days where it's just like like caring about the games all the way to the end of the season is dope. It really is, and I mean, I don't I don't like the fact that we're trying to stay out of the plan. But, I mean, if we're not in the plan, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of the plan. That's going to be so fun to watch. Me too. Like, it's going to be a lot of I mean, I got to give it to Adam Silver. Like, man knows how to make the league entertaining. That's right. Well, thank you for coming up. You got anything else? You have a very good profile photo. 
Thanks. Yeah. A little bit of a star Wars nerd. Um, appreciate it. it. No, I don't have anything else. I'm just, I'm, I'm just sitting here smiling. Uh, it was a good night tonight. That's right. We should enjoy basketball when it's fun. Okay, guys, I am going to get on out of here. So you should look for the podcast with Josh Bo and I. We did about 20 minutes right after the game. Uh, and then even though all of you have participated in this, go ahead and download that episode tomorrow. Mark it as red and go on to other things. Um, we'll be doing a Friday locker room like normal, just kind of talking, you know, whatever things are happening. Um, and then we will uh, see see what's happening. All right, this has been uh, Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. Thanks so much, and talk to you guys in a couple of days.